and welcome to the 290th episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that knows you have to be careful when draining the main money vein. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of Magic the Gathering finance, collection management, and speculation. I'm your host, James Chilcott, a.k.a. at MTG Critic on Twitter. My co-host this week, as always, is Travis Allen, at WizardBumpin' on Twitter, and we're here to help you folks make and save money playing our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. Good evening, James. Good evening, everyone. Glad to be here and looking forward to sharing some valuable information with all of you. Our show is produced by mtgprice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at mtgprice.com to plan your specs, chat on Discord, and read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby. MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool nerdy stuff in stock, including all the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5, that's the number 5, during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Travis, what is on the agenda this week? Well, this week, we will start with segment 1, our MTGO Metagame Week in Review. We have back-to-back modern challenges with some uh, couple interesting data points there. One card I spied, I was kind of excited to see. Segment two, our top paper movers. We'll run through some of the cards that have seen the most price increases this week, as well as the top MTGO movers. Segment three, our card swatch. James and I will run through some cards we think look pretty decent. I noticed we're missing a bottom row there. Um, and segment four, our topic of the week, Commander Collection Black. What do we think about it? Uh, but let's jump in here at the top, the MTGO Metagame Week in Review, the modern challenge from September 18th. Uh, and I'm just going to jump right to the to the good bit here, which is the sixth place deck, uh, which has Demulich, which I was excited to see because I remember commenting on this during the spoiler that um, I could see it in some sort of Arclight deck. And here you go, four Arclight, four Demulich, and just a pile of instants and sorceries. It's looking to play, you know, four and three power creatures probably on turn two here. Foil Extended Art Demi Liches are currently at, run a few filters here inside TCG, about $20 a piece, 40 listings. That's Ooh. not a lot of listings. That's, that's not a lot of listings, but that's more than like 8 and, tw- what did you say, $20? Yeah, but here's the thing. It's not a rare, it's a mythic. So yeah. if you're a rare Foil Extended Art, I'm look, usually looking at you somewhere under $10. If you're a mythic, twenty is pretty is usually pretty okay. Um, if you think about what's happened already with things like Tiamat, um, some of the dragons from Strixhaven that were good, uh, Velamachus Lorehold, and what have you, some of the mythic stuff out of a variety of the sets out of the last couple of years, you know, Great Henges and what have you that are over a hundred dollars as mythic foil extended arts. If Demilich is a four of in modern and it sticks there then it's definitely not a $20 foil extended art. No, I would agree with that completely. But that is a very, very big if, right? Yep. Like, uh, this deck has to stay. So, um, and not even just stay. Like, this would have to really hang in there enough so that people were going and picking copies of this up to play their modern decks. I It's fun to see this, and I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm not buying, I'm not buying anything yet, um, but is it definitely worth keeping an eye on. 
Just checking if it's seeing any standard play yet. Doesn't look like it's showed up in, in many lists. Uh, but wouldn't be surprised to see it get dual standard modern play somewhere within its career. It's got a full year to pull that off. Yeah, it might show up in standard. I'm not going to make any claims to that, but uh, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, even if this was like, even if you're paying three mana for this, you're probably close to that being reasonable and standard. And that doesn't seem terribly difficult to pull off wasn't the only interesting card in the list obviously arclight phoenix for anybody who got caught holding those um when it basically got when faithless looting got banned uh phoenix kind of fell off the podium um but people have toyed with it and we've seen it here and there pop up interesting lists along the way and this is just one of those situations where is it back for real or is this one lucky weekend time will tell some other interesting cards in here, though. We've got the Four Prismatic Ending, the ever-present removal spell from MH2 uh, that's in so many different lists in the format. You got Four Faithless Salvaging, the Faithless Looting update in Modern Horizons 2. If people were cracking uh, a lot of that product, they probably have tons of these foils sitting around. Uh, might be worth putting those aside. And then they're also running Four Consider, which is the new opt variant out of uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. This is the instant for one blue. Look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. Draw a card. That card, I think, is going to see play. Like, they've banned all of the one mana instance, blue instance that were better than this. So this will just see play by default, just as a card that does something for one mana. Basically just uh, like Thought Scours 5 through 8, right? Yeah, essentially. And it's... Uh, I mean, you've got that. I don't know what that border is from. Is that the like the FNF, game day promo or FNF something promo like or something, yeah, like, something that? like that? Yeah, which it doesn't look bad here. I I will say that. So that was the sixth place list on the 18th of September, 2021. But winning this week was actually uh, Bob the Dog playing Living End. Hard to hard to argue that Living End isn't tier one in this format right now. It shows up often he enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> it is over and over again. We are seeing this week in and week out. And usually, if it's not winning, it's still having a good run at it. Uh, this is not a flash in the pan. Blue Red Murktide in second, one of the other tier one lists for sure in modern right now. Four Color Elementals featuring four Omnath, four Risen Reef. I've sold plenty of those foils lately at about 20 bucks a piece. Uh, very solid for a foil uncommon. I was in on less than two years ago at three dollars uh for solitude and then one kahira uh the orphan guard and this is interesting because you know in a format where loris just seems to be everywhere all the time this week it's more about kahira kahira is in this four color elementals list in the sideboard because of course it boosts elementals and then blue white control was in fourth here Notably running three Memory Deluge, the new Factor Fiction analog. One Sunset Revelry, which is kind of a... What was the three-mana white sorcery that people played at the sideboards against Burn forever and ever? Um, there was Faith's, Faith's... No, not Faith's Reward. Timely Reinforcements? That's the one. So Sunset Revelry seems to be the, the update to that tech. Uh, Force Solitude, and then Kahira again in the sideboard of this deck. 
And I guess that's on the back of... The companion requirement is each creature card in your starting deck is a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast card. And let me guess, Shark Typhoon makes beast tokens? No, uh, no, it makes shark tokens. So, are they? But it's each creature card. Shark Typhoon's not a creature. Uh, yeah, but it would give the bonus to creatures that have. It gives plus one, plus one in vigilance to cats, elementals, nightmares, dinosaurs, and beasts. Um, but there's nothing in the deck that I can see that makes any of those things. I, oh, Solitude is an elemental. So it makes Solitude 4-2 Flash Lifelink Vigilance. So I guess this is really just a, a matter of a minor upgrade on their Solitudes in exchange for a sideboard slot. Yeah, I suppose that. I do wonder if there's something, some piece of information here we're missing because it seems weird you would give up a sideboard slot just to give a very occasional up, tiny upgrade to your Solitudes. It, it does put a card in your hand too. You're getting a 3-2 Vigilance creature for no reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but I guess also sideboard slots can be quite valuable. I agree. So I'm just, I, I wonder, I wonder. So anyway, then we've got uh, the other sexy list out of this top eight, Esper Reanimator. We've seen variants of this since these cards came out. It's basically built around Archon of Cruelty. Uh, foils for this card took off this week, as we're going to see shortly. Um, I think a lot of people overlooked it in the face of all the other action in Modern Horizons 2, which really might arguably the bet arguably be the best set of all time uh i mean based on depending on how you want to define it yeah uh i don't think that's terribly unfair it has had a major impact in both modern and edh and legacy and legacy um uh, so anyway arkans a mythic out of that set and it's not that easy to pull foil mythics even out of the collector booster boxes so people had a pretty easy time going after these in response to this list uh doing good work in this tournament and then, of course, there are the cards that are connected to this. If you're running the four Archons, you're probably running the four Persist, so you can pop them out of the graveyard, and you're running the four Unmarked Graves, so you can get them there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Those three cards go very much hand-in-hand, hand, as we will talk about later. Um, they're also running Prismatic Endings, Thought Seizes, and Unburial Rites, four Consider, four Counterspell, and then four Faithful Mending. A, a nice reason to suddenly be caring about being... Uh, in blue on top of the white-black versions we've seen before because now you have a Faithless Looting variant in your colors that gains you some life, draws two cards, discards two cards, letting you drop the necessary targets into the graveyard, whether it's an Archon of Cruelty or a Sarah's Emissary, and later you get to flash this back and do it all again. That's some nice... Um, one of the problems with Reanimator is if you know you get your thing going, you get the Archon in the graveyard, you cast persist or whatever to pull it out. They counter the persist or they kill the creature when it hits the table. And now you might only have one or two cards left in hand and you're kind of out of fuel. The faithful mending setting you up early on and then giving you a recovery mechanic via vis-a-vis the flashback is very nice here. That's also great because it allows you to, uh, on turns two and three to sit with a counter spell up in case you're going to play a creature that completely hoses your strategy um, you know, any one of those two or three mana creatures that have anti-graveyard clauses. And then if they don't, you just faithful mending to dump the Archon in your hand, untap persist. So uh, 
It works very, very well. And you're absolutely right. Like the, the flashback giving you that sort of recovery ability is very important and getting to play it in place of counter spell where you have the opportunity is also really great. Um, you can even play, you can even play, let's, you could probably play, um, yeah, being able to cast it in response to stuff too. If they try and play something that would exile a card from your hand and you have an Archon, you cast this in response and ditch the Archon so they can't exile it. There's all sorts of funky plays with that card. It's great for the strategy. They also get a ton of mileage out of Teferi Time Raveler here because just his base ability of turn making your sorceries be things you can cast at instant speed Um is pretty huge when both persist and unmarked grave are sorceries that would love to be cast as instance at the end of turn or in response to things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but that that is great. Being able to get this down onto the battlefield and then bounce obnoxious artifacts or creatures which are hosing your graveyard strategy, or like you said, being able to do the obvious, which is instant speed. You know, unmarked grave persist is is both a lot of fun. Both good news for you. And shutting down counter spells and shutting down instant speed interaction from them. Like <laughs> Teferi does everything this deck wants to do. He sure does. So blue white control with some fresh cards that you know that memory deluge that I, I mentioned shows up a couple times in both of these top eights. Um, you know, definitely worth keeping an eye on the foil extended arts of those, probably in the longer term. Then the Esper Reanimator, the Arc Lich deck in 6th, and then another blue-white control list, fairly standard in 7th, and Yorion control, making a sort of rare appearance. We've seen it multiple times over the summer, that's for sure, um, but it's not every week. And then over on to the Modern Challenge from the 19th, the 4-color Elementals deck went from 3rd to 1st, pretty much with the exact same list. And then the Red Eldrazi list, that was the, is this a one-time thing, or is this going to be around for a while, finished second this week after winning last week. So, so far, so good. This list is looking like a, 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 a brand new contender in the mix for the top tier of Modern right now, which is a pretty exciting position to be in for the people that architected that list, given this, how much other powerful stuff is already going on in this format. Yeah, they had two um, two really good results in essentially back-to-back events or close to it. So they've clearly got a formula here that's working for them. And of course, that list is running for Bone Crusher Giant, for Eldrazi Obligator, for Fury, 12 Eldrazi, including Thought Not Seers and Reality Smashers, for Chalice of the Void, Ramming Up Ruins, for Shatter Skull Smashing. Um, some of those cards are well worth a look, as we'll talk about soon. Blue Red Murktide again in third instead of second in the in the first challenge. Yogmoth combo with four Ignoble Hierarch in fourth. Another blue white control running two memory deluge instead of four. And then Amulet Titan. Uh, which we had commented on either last week or the week before for being absent for most of the, the late summer, uh, making a rare appearance, Living End again in 7th, and Burn in 8th. Format only getting more diverse and more interesting as the weeks go on. I, I, I think I'm going to absolutely regret not being active in the modern community during this period of time. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go play in card stores, but... I feel bad. It is a bummer that I don't get to play this stuff. Like I, I would love to be playing modern right now um, and I, I can't do it, but it would be nice if I could. If you, if you tell me that whatever deck I show up with, I'm going to get to face living end, four color elementals, blue, white control, Esper reanimator and arc lich. <laughs> that's fine. Like that's all I'm looking for in life out of modern is to have to 
figure out the puzzles of working against four or five completely different archetypes. <laughs> just uh, play against some interesting yeah, decks. Yeah, just have you know stuff to think about that isn't the just, same old, same old. To just play magic. Yeah, man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought playing magic's fun? So moving on over to segment two, our top paper movers of the week. We'll kick things off with some more Innistrad-related hype movers. We've got Gravecrawler and Relentless Dead on the move. Uh, Relentless Dead out of Shadows over Innistrad going from 18 to 26. That's a pretty good gainer from whatever its low was um, probably a year or two after it came out. I would imagine you could have got these for 6 or $7 at one point. Um, and now you're pushing 30 on zombie hype. Gravecrawler is out of Dark Ascension from 8 to 12. 50% gains and probably are going to push 15 to 20 before this is all over. We've still got another Innistrad set to go. And then the black and white set in the spring. Yeah, so um, definitely some zombie action there. Uh, Gravecrawler. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess if people getting in on Gravecrawler and Relentless Dead, they're just playing on these being modern playable, right? I. I mean, I guess they are like they're okay in EDH. Relentless Dead probably better than Gravecrawler. Gravecrawler enables some silly shenanigans with infinite loops in EDH, I suppose better than nothing um yeah the demi lich there eight to 14 the non-foils oh that could so, be, that could be a future 40 dollars non-foil yeah yeah well yeah i mean there we're, we're there's a long way between here and there right like but that is that is true that is certainly true um i would love to see some more results but i think it's very plausible it is a type of card that's that's pretty wild um it's a big deal that it's a somerset mythic and not a fall set mythic yeah somerset mythic is a really good place to start and there's a lot of text on that card you can play it for free uh a lot of good things it's it, the ceiling on it is extremely high so there's a lot of good factors in that card's favor uh fire and ice the foils out of modern horizons 2 um a little over 7 to 14 for about a double up uh Looks like we have the the secret layer here. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> the notes wrong. I was like, wait, what am I trying to make sense of here? So I'm looking at the notes on the card. Uh, yeah, Fire and Ice has been pretty popular in modern um, lately. And this is the foil copy of it. It has just kind of gone bananas. We've already talked about the other versions of it in past weeks. So uh, no surprise to see this start moving as well. Yeah, I think it was a few episodes back maybe i just called it out in the in the discord that people should keep their eye on the etched foils because the pack foils were already on the move i feel like we had talked about it before yeah. like i don't feel like this is is news here so entirely we've got an older pretty cool zombie to throw into your edh deck lord of the undead foils out of uh plane shift so plane shift or planescape i always get those two confused planescape because plane shift was the product where you get to roll the, the format. You get to roll the die to shift that was planes. no that was plane chase that was plane that was plane chase yeah plane planar there's planar chaos plane chase and pl <laughs> <laughs> totally lost uh, i don't I'll, know i'll man. find it one second Stop. Can we move off of that? Can the can it's wizards move off of plain, that? And do us all I, had, I had it right the first time. It's plane shift. It is plane shift. Okay. So yeah, no confusion. Plane shift foils. Very old. <laughs> They're old border foils that are actually old, and uh, it 
there was only a few of them hanging around on TCG in the like low fifties. Now you have to pay a hundred dollars plus if you want to track one down. Uh, yeah, that I mean, somebody pro- somebody could have just went and bought two, and then yeah. that would have been enough to clean out the market type of thing. Yep, I'm sure there's there's probably some cheaper versions hanging around in Japan, Europe, Brazil, and Somewhere. maybe on eBay. Uh, yeah. Archive Trap foils at a Zendikar, uh, 48 to 98, similar kind of thing. Blue Black Mill in modern driving that for sure. You got five or 10 people that decide they want to foil out that deck. Now that it's actually viable and seems to top eight much more regularly than it ever did before. Yeah, I, I, foiling out Mill is a curious decision to be making, I think, but I do know a guy that did that with past versions, so. People people do do that, I suppose. This next one's interesting. Vorenklex Voice of Hunger. I'm talking about the secret layer foils. Uh, and keep in mind that this secret layer is in the in-between lands right now. It, we, we Those of us that bought it, bought it in July of 2021, so a couple months ago. And it doesn't ship till November 2021. So these prices are pre-order prices, which are soaring for now. Obviously, this is still has to survive the deluge of product that will arrive simultaneously in vendor hands across North America, which will send prices crashing, presumably. But this does have my ears perked up, because remember, these foil sets of five Praetors were $40, and presumably mm-hmm. contain a bonus. So if the Vorinclex is going for 50 and the Jinjitaxis is going for 30 right now, that's 80 for the two of them. So if you well, if you believe yours are going to arrive more or less on time and you're located in the U.S., you may as well put some pre-orders up, if not right away, certainly a little closer to the, the release date, because you can easily pre-cover your your secret layers just by getting out on a couple of cards. If you had planned on cracking any, I think you probably list one of your copies now. If if you were going to do that, put that thing up. Uh, and try and get a pre-order on it. I can't imagine these prices are going to stay this high going too much further, you know, as we get further out, because why would they? Like, a lot of people looked at that product and went, ah, yeah, this is going to be worth a bunch of money. Uh, I should buy a bunch of these. So that product sold very, very heavily. And I, there are vendors, I'm sure, who basically maxed on it, right? Like, I, I think that the... Pre-orders are only available to a higher tier of vendors on TCG. That's worth flagging, right? It's either di- mm. direct direct people or level threes or fours or something. Somebody in our Discord could correct correct me. I don't I, I don't sell on TCG, so I'm not always up on the the nitty gritty. Yeah, I and I honestly haven't tried, so I don't know. That's possible. Yeah, that's possible. But for the people that can do it, seems very t- very tasty right now. I will tell you that I've got. I don't know. I think I've got a, a few thousand sales on TCG Player, maybe, maybe that much. And they email me every damn time that some product is coming out, and to make sure my pre-orders up. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's a email everyone, even the people who can't do the pre-ordering. So, uh, at least worth being aware of, I suppose. Possibly. Bottom my, the it's let more available than I would have anticipated. Bottom line: the pre-orders only really need to average fifteen dollars a piece. To make this a home run of a secret layer, because that would well, that would give right. you seventy five plus the bonus minus fees plus the activation code for arena or whatever, that would be yeah totally fine. Which I think is kind of why we all knew it was going to be a good product. 
to grab. So worth keeping an eye on that. I just wanted to get it in the in the log here so that we can take a look at what release weekend prices are like in in mid November. Um, Sun Home Fortress of uh, Fortress of the Legion from Ravnica foils have taken a long, long time to get where they are, but they finally went from 15 to 35 or so. That's an amulet Titan one of forever and ever. Um, Diagraph Captain foils out of Dark Ascension, 4 to 14. That's some more zombie hype for you. And then the aforementioned Archon of Cruelty out of the Esper Reanimator uh, decks in Modern. Uh, the foils went from 11 to 14. Keep in mind there are both pack foils and sketch foils of that card. Uh yes. And I think it's probably safe to say most people will prefer the, the pack foils, but I think for a lot of this stuff that takes off, you're going to see the sketch chase. I, I would agree that the sketch will chase, but it will chase. It, I don't think it will ever really lead. So you're probably better off with the original copies if you can buy them at a anywhere near compa- comparable level. People were reporting in the Discord they had already outed on copies at 30 Hmm. So between 30 and 35, we're, we're saying here, <clears throat> I've got the, uh, this calculation looks wrong. I think it was uh, finished at 35, right? Something like that. Well, you've got the pack foils here, and let's see. The low on TCG player for those right now appears to be... Hmm. There's one near mint foil of Archon of Cruelty, and it's forty dollars. Yeah. So, so somebody somebody went shopping here. There's no way that that didn't just have a massive run on it. Yeah, for sure. So if you but if if people are outing them over thirty already, I would at least test those waters because if you're cracking, if you cracked a couple of these out of some Modern Horizons two CBs or whatever, this is a good way to start getting your value back out. Because there's so much value, so many good cards in MH2 that as each of them peaks, go ahead and pick your exit. And then you're just going to break off a chunk of your value return during each of those intervals and grind your way to success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went ahead and sold some, some Ragavans lately just to see if they would sell at market. Boom, it was like 15 minutes. I was like, okay, no no rush on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like but, sell one if it moves that easily. You're like, okay, we can slow down a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little tricky with a few of the cards in Modern Horizons 2 that are at the higher end of the power band because things like Ragavan and Urza Saga do have a chance of getting banned. So I figured like I would test the waters on Ragavan just in case people... It, they end up deciding that Ragavan is just the most busted one drop ever in modern, which is, I think an argument can pretty easily be made that that's true. It feels reasonably, I I feel like Ragavan is reasonably safe at the moment for the sole reason that, uh, it's, it's obviously very good, but does a bunch of work in a bunch of different formats. So like, why does wizards feel like they have to kill it? You know, it's only, it's also only in one of the decks that showed up twice out of 16 instances in this last weekend of modern challenges. Yeah, I mean, something's got to be the best card, the best deck. And I don't think having a red one drop be that card is a big deal. I think they're fine with that. So, yep. Archon of Cruelty Foils. Worth taking a look at to sell a little now and probably sell a little bit further up the chain. Because the thing is that even if game like gaming company goes ahead and cracks a whole bunch more MH2, it's not easy to pull foil mythics out of there. Like, they can't send up set up a brick of 100 of them. 
No. The most you're no, going to see on a big crack yeah. would be like six or eight copies or something. Yeah, you'd have to open a lot of product. A lot of product. So a couple of early gainers from uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, which isn't officially out yet, but of course a lot of people got their hands on product at pre-releases last weekend, and LGSs can sell product on opening weekend these days. So there is some product out in the market, even though the official release is this Friday. Faithful Mending uh, that we talked about in the Esper Reanimator deck, which is also seeing play in standard, uh, going from a dollar on pre-order to four fifty. So if people can get out of those at five or six dollars in the next little while, and they got in on pre-orders at a buck, well done. <laughs> and certainly worth looking at the foil extended arts of the card um, as things move forward here. And then consider, of course, uh, is not going to be able to hold three dollars. I don't think uh, that's a, a common, right? Jeez, yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, I didn't realize those prices were doing that. I mean, that's... when we saw them in the. I mean, it's, it's not so to say that, I, but I, I didn't notice that they were at the top of our list here when we were going through the top decks of the week that considering Faithful Mending were this high. There's, yeah, those are definitely temporary price tags because there's going to be a zillion of those on the market very shortly. Consider, it's a scientific number, a zillion. Yeah, consider at $3 is like lightning bolt prices on a reprint. That's That's tricky. I, yeah. I believe there's a lot of people yeah. that need them, and I think that retail, like your local LGS retail, will get away with it at $3, but TCG pricing will get pushed down pretty hard. For sure. That's precisely what will happen, is you'll pay for it in paper at your local store, but it will be way, way cheaper in real life. But if you're a vendor cracking a bunch of product this week and prepping your eBay and TCG listings, you might be putting up play sets of this at nine ninety nine happily. I mean, oh yeah. Getting, I mean, get, if getting ten bucks of value out of a box on a common, I, yeah, I was going to say if you're a, if you're a vendor and you get to get ten bucks for a common playset, which you were going to open up countless copies of, oh, you're you're delighted. Also worth scooping that card off of draft tables, I would imagine, because it'll buy <laughs> even even if it's only buy listing for twelve cents later this fall. It's still, I mean, yeah, I mean, if that price if that price tag sucked, you'd be able to money draft commons. <laughs> Like, oh, I may I, I hit my four considers this draft. My draft is free. Correct. Like, uh, <laughs> doesn't hurt that blue black control is reportedly one of the best decks in the draft format. So I yeah, well that's gonna make it hard to money draft. That's how they're countering the money drafting a common <laughs> as they made it a good archetype. So topping the top paper movers of the week, we got Sway of the Stars, going from sixty cents to eighteen dollars, twenty nine hundred percent gains. Almost certainly on the back of EDH unbanning speculation for the distant future. Uh, is that what this is? I saw people talking about it, and I was trying to figure out what precisely they were getting away with this. I'm like, I guess there must be some combo here I'm not thinking of. No, they just went, oh, Worldfire got unbanned. This is kind of a Worldfire-esque card. They could unban this next year, so let's go ahead and get this sub this card at sub a dollar and hope to out yeah. it at $10 plus next year. I mean, that's fine. I think I th- I think that's a totally valid strategy, and it's a hundred percent something I would have done before all of my attention was taken up with a child. I would have <laughs> went through the ban list again and just been like, ah, all of these cards that are like eighty cents and a million years old and don't really need to be banned. Yep, I'll get the other free one. By the way, is Biorhythm. Sure, you can go get Biorhythm Same too. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Magic Online Movers of the Week. We've got Archon of Cruelty showing up again, going from four and a half ticks to nine ticks or so for almost 100% gains on the back of that Esper Reanimator list again in Modern. We got... F- 
Sorry, speaking of on bannings, I just sold a copy of Worldfire for $15. So I, I sold five foil <laughs> Golos Tireless Pilgrim this week around 15 bucks um, <laughs> after it was banned. So clearly it's getting some rule zero love. Yeah. Well, and people are buying Worldfire to play it, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> Good. It's a cool card. I like Worldfire. I think uh, I think it should be playable. Flooded Strand, KTK, uh, 7 ticks to about 15 ticks, probably on the back of all the blue-white control that's been showing up. Uh, Arclight Phoenix, alongside the Demi Lich, um, going in from 4.75 ticks to 18 ticks. It's uh, uh, Guilds of Ravnica Mythic, so it's been out of print on Magic Online for a few years now. 280% gains if you caught that train early. Uh, Memory Deluge out of uh, Midnight Hunt, uh, 0.8 ticks to 3.5, 336% gains on heavy standard and modern play. And then Siphon Insight is a big deal in the blue-black control list in standard. And as a result, it went 0.7 ticks to 5 ticks, uh, a hmm. rare that you and I didn't even remotely flag or talk about during preview season or the set review. Siphon Insight. Hold on, I have to look this up. Oh yeah, this thing. I did think about this. I did stop and read this a couple times. Uh, I didn't give it a ton of credit, obviously, but I did think about it, it for what that's worth. It looks like a standard rule player, right? Like you, you look at the top two cards of your opponent's library, you get to exile one of them, put the other one on the bottom. And the one that you exile, you can cast later in the game and you can cast it with mana of any color, the usual blue-black thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Gaunti-ish, but it's on a spell, on an instant, with flashback. So it's kind of like a draw spell that it draws off your opponent's deck. Hmm. Hmm. That's my that's my impression. I, hmm. I'll put it this way. I don't see it showing up in, in quantity anywhere outside of standard. No, no, I don't think so. Some people hmm. might play it in EDH if it lines up well with a commander. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's nothing too special. Alrighty, let's move on over to cards to watch for this week. I'm going to kick things off with another Modern Horizons 2 selection. How about the Merktide Regent Showcase? And I know you and I both dis are generally uh, giving cut-eye to the Showcase versions, but in this case, it's actually one of the better-looking showcases because the it's not so much a sketch as it is a half-finished painting. Um, yeah, so you're saying you're saying showcase, but like that—that's the sketch version, just so people, are, so that I'm aware. Correct, sketch <laughs> slash showcase. The these foils are thirty, whereas pack foils are forty. Now you can do your own math about which way you want to go there. Whether you want to go with the presumably more popular pack foils that are ten dollars more, or you want to pay thirty and get in on the sketch. Sketch foils are down to 41 listings, and keep in mind, this is a foil mythic that, like the Archon of Cruelty, just came out three months ago. Uh, not even, two months ago. And already we're well under 100 listings. Now, if these are $30 now, and Merktide region is going to stay as a four of once or twice in pretty much every top eight from here until next year... I can pretty easily believe that these are going to go 30 to 60 within the year. Merktide Regent is obviously having a heck of a time in modern right now. Uh, and it is the type of card that will see heavy play in that 
low to the ground is it build that has been running around in modern in some form for quite some time. Uh, as long as it maintains that spot, it will do very well. Um, We've said the same thing about Tassiger and uh, Gurmbag Angler and some of the other ones that have come and gone in that slot. Also another Hogak. another Delve creature of power. Powerful yeah, note. I would I would I, I would put Hogak in a slightly different spot because Hogak just made an archetype. Yep, Murtag Regent is like an upgrade in the what has always been. Um, but my, my point being is that the card, so long as it does not be, get supplanted anytime soon, will continue to show up week in and week out. People will continue to play it. And $30 for the showcase foils. I'm not going to go buy the showcase copy, but people definitely will. It's certainly reasonable. If you just want something that, uh, if you want any foil that's not the pack foil, this is what you pick for what you pick, right? It's the only option. And it's cheaper to boot. So, uh, I mean, 60 bucks for this card middle of next year it seems very plausible as long as it keeps showing up week after week and i mean at the moment i would expect it to i think pack photos can go 40 to 80 so i think they're both roughly equivalent in terms of their percentage likely percentage gains the other thing here is that murktide regent is not a single format card it's not a big deal in edh but it is a big deal in legacy where blue red delver is a very hot deck right now delver secrets dragons rage channeler ragavan and murktide do work in both formats alongside each other and in that format they get brainstorm uh ponder days and force of will <laughs> to fool around with so it's probably going to hold its position there uh just as well as it does in modern and that means you've got the legacy players and the legacy slash modern players that will have an easier time justifying picking up the foils mm-hmm yeah i mean you've got that the fact that you've got that working for you as well is really good so and the nice thing about picking up the showcase foil, the you know the sketch foils as opposed to the pack foils, is even if you double up on both, uh, I feel like you're you're better off having the lower, the the slightly cheaper ones. Hopefully, have a, a higher velocity. You can might be able to pick up a couple extra copies. So, currently, one or two showcase foils tend to sell per day, <clears throat> and I would imagine the replenishment rate's probably half that maybe even point, point 0.5 copies a day. So I think we're in pretty good position for these to drain out over the next six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I think, I think that's right right about right in the spring sometime. All right. What about your first selection this week? Oh, I went looking around uh, vampires a little bit to see what I could find, and a lot has been discussed, but one that I found that I hadn't seen show up yet and I think will still do pretty well here is Metallic Mimic, the, uh, the Kaladesh tribal artifact this is the two mana artifact uh it's enters battlefield which is creature type it's that creature type and everything with that creature type gets one one count is comes into play with a one one counter which is better than giving them plus one plus one because those counters do stuff like proliferate and you can use the counters to do stuff and and so on and so forth uh so a nice little effect there metallic mimics are in over eleven thousand edh rec decks so as an artifact that percentage is actually relatively low but it does mean that lots of tribal decks are interested in it and we have werewolf tribal decks right now um and then we're going to get the vampire and zombie tribal decks in a couple months there's but really the, the the play here is just the pack foils uh you can get a, you can get them at 15 bucks right now and they're like less than 10 of those. And then they're over $20 and then they're gone. 
Um, and there are a grand total of 11 listings. <laughs> like there's not many available out here. Uh, so you get a couple at 15, did I, wait, uh, oh yeah, there's like a hand, so there's a handful of copies below $20 foils, and then there's only 11 listing, 11 vendors for something like 20-ish copies, and then they're gone. There's pack foil, or there's pre-release foils, but there's a very low supply of those as well. The only other data point here to be aware of is that there's a secret layer printing coming here. Uh, it's some goblin artwork. Um, those foils are listed at 13 right now. Uh, I believe this is shipping at the end of this month. This is mm, part of the- End of October. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. We're not in October, are we? The end of next month. The problem is, I, I don't love. I don't really think that art is great. I kind of think other people are going to be on the same board. But at the at the same time, the Kaladesh copy is the original pack foil, which we know there's a premium of. Um, so, I mean, we're not talking about trying to go from like forty to eighty or anything. We're talking about going like fifteen ish to thirty, which I think is very plausible, even in the face of this secret layer foil that's coming up. And with how few copies there are, you might be able to pull it off before the secret layers even land. Good to flag the secret layer appearance. I think the issue there will end up being something like 50 to 60% of market demand being pulled towards secret layer foils so long as they are cheaper than the pack foils. But that still leaves 30 or 40% of the market that will prefer the original pack foil. Um, or, like you said, not be into the cartoony art um, of the secret layer drop. Or just never even realize the secret layer drop exists, depending on how they they use the search tools inside TCG Player. So yeah, right. So there's all of that. I, I think that the pack foils would do fine over time, just because they're draining down to nearly nothing. The best place to get them is in Europe, where you can get them for about ten or eleven euro plus shipping. You know, I'm looking at a couple of vendors that have five or six copies, where you could probably get the average price down under thirteen or fourteen US. That seems pretty reasonable. I wouldn't want to be super deep because there is the secret layer thing incoming and you'd want to navigate around that. But I think grabbing you know a handful seems very reasonable. I mean, as you said, super broad applicability across all the tribes of Commander because it just slots into any tribal deck. Yeah, and I'm not telling anyone to go buy like 40 of these. Uh, I, I think, honestly, you would have trouble doing that even if you could. Um, but if you can snag them for under 20, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Alrighty, so I've got a, a little bit of a, a riskier one, uh, at least in the short term, um, but long term, I think that risk plays out pretty easily in your favor. Talking about Shatter Skull smashing foil extended arts out of ZNR, which are basically about a year old now, you're down to 45 listings of those on uh, TCG Player. You can get them around 10 or $11. This is, of course, one of the flip uh, utility lands um, spell on one side and uh, cost life-costing land on the other. Interesting right now because it's a four of in the Red Eldrazi list, which last week was a curiosity, and now this week looks like an emerging deck. So if it's emerging tech and modern, and it's an 8400 EDH rec decks, which is 4% of all red decks, and honestly, why would you not run this in your red deck? It's just free free upside, really. Uh, it's a mythic land. I, think, I don't think we can stress this enough, how infrequently Wizards gives us super playable mythic lands i've been saying this since znr came out we've called almost all of them at some point turn timber symbiosis and seagate restoration have been on this cast for, before for sure all of them are going to pay off given enough time because these things are officially still in print 
right? Like this ZNR is not out of print officially. It's still <laughs> I suppose it's, that is true. It's still in standard, so like the reprint risk is very very minimal. Um, very unlikely anybody's going to be cracking lots of this product for the second year of its uh, standard uh, lifespan. And you see the card show up in standard, in modern. It's a big EDH card. And if the Red Eldrazi deck is going to drive whatever, 30, 40, 50 people to, to take an old foil Eldrazi deck they had and update it to this new version and include this card, it's going to move enough copies to move the needle. There's already a nice ramp forming, and I think it's very easy for this to go, say, 11 to 26 in the next six months. Yeah, I mean, for the first of all, I love that this is a a mythic land um especially a showcase you know the foil extended art is is great um and it looks good too here uh i mean everything you said makes sense it's it's been showing up in modern over and over again uh and be and especially lately with eldrazi so there's an an additional impetus for people to go get copies where it might have been a curiosity like you said before and now it's like oh this is becoming relevant maybe i should grab some um 8400 decks 8400 edh rock decks already is really good uh that's excellent so you're gonna have constant demand there anywhere people can get in on it all the numbers here look really good i would i absolutely would have picked this myself if i had stopped and looked at it so I'm, i'm totally on board sounds good to me how about your next one well, I am on a similar page here, which is uh, Good Lands. I am looking at uh, the Showcase Sabai tri- uh, Triumph. Now, we've talked about Triumphs in the past. Uh, about 15-ish weeks ago, we talked about, uh, I'm going to say Katria, but I don't remember exactly. And we've talked about all of them here and there. But the Sabai one I wanted to return to this week um, it's in 20,000 EDA direct decks, so obviously quite popular. This is, by the way, the Mardu uh, Triome. But the foils are 25 bucks. There's 31 vendors for the, the showcase foils, um, and about half of that before you have gotten up over $30. So there's a bit of a supply at, at about 25-ish or so. Um, this is in the vampire colors right now. So all of the uh, Edgar Markov decks are gonna would be playing this uh, so long as I shell out the cash for it. Um, and I wouldn't anticipate to see a dramatic shift in vam- in uh, the vampire colors with the upcoming set. I don't think we're getting like green vampires or anything. So as long as there's any sort of Mardu colored vampire lord, uh, we will see an increase in the amount of number of people going to the market for Savai Triumphs. And even if there isn't, people will still just build with Edgar Markov with the cool new vampires. So this was already on a good trajectory and just the upcoming vampires are going to add more pressure to it. It's been selling copies, I think like roughly one a day or so, uh, you know, the same as you'd expect for this type of thing. But I think all the Triumphs are so good and paying 20-ish dollars, 25 bucks for these foil showcase Triumphs across the board are excellent. Uh, and I think we're getting pretty close to the end of the line here across the board on them. I went pretty deep on foil triumphs of the Japanese and English persuasion from Japan. Like about a year ago, and they are paying off regularly. You could really have canceled 40% of the rest of my spec action around that time and just gone even deeper on these. They're just such a home run. The Trilands are one of the most popular... Uh, lands in EDH. They pop up here and there in modern. 
They're in casual cube. The art's great on them. They look fantastic in foil. You can still get $20 copies in Japan of a variety of the flavors. And I'm flipping them on eBay for 40 One, two, three copies a week. It's just straightforward, easy money. People tend to think of the Mardu um, tricolor as being less valuable. But the reality is that color usage is pretty evenly spread in EDH. <laughs> Even the top one is like 21,000 yeah. compared to 19,000. Like it's very, very tight. I mean, it is worth taking a look at the like the top commanders of the last month or whatever and seeing how many of them can play it. Um, the Ur-Dragon certainly can. Kenrith can. Uh, and then Edgar Markov. So three of the top 10. That's not bad at all. Um, and then if you get to the top For 15, it. you're including Sisse and Kalia of the Vast. So that brings you to five of the top uh top 15 a third of of the decks so very reasonable place to be um and don't see these getting reprinted super soon ikoria uh just rotated out of standard i suppose um so i would imagine we will get the triumphs again but i would guess that will be in 2023 2024 or something like that they've still got to give us the other five first uh yeah i mean that is interesting do they give us the other five or do they i i should say i would have to imagine they give us the other five before they reprint these right seems like, very likely seems quite likely and my my theory that i espoused a couple weeks ago on here was that it's they're going to show up in streets of new capenna because that's a we know that that's a mm-hmm. shard set yes yeah, yeah yeah that is true i think i think you're probably correct about that so i mean that's a perfect place to give us a grixis tryland yeah and and the other ones the um so yeah i I think this is rock solid uh i've got some of these stacked and ready to go they're going to make people money it's just a question of locking them down before they drain out i really need to buy more i don't i don't really have much or any yet i might have a couple from back way early on but i need to buy more all right this next one is a more is a card more specific to the red eldrazi deck and as as such, it's a bit more of a risk. Keep in mind that there are still Eldrazi Tron decks uh, in modern, um, but they tend to be more likely to run Thought Not Seer as an automatic four of, as opposed to TKS plus Reality Smasher. But it's still worth looking at Reality Smasher because here's the thing. When they banned, uh, had to ban the Eldrazi deck out of modern by getting rid of Eye of Ugin, and it still did reasonably well for the rest of the year, I don't think there was any impetus whatsoever left on the table at Wizards to reprint the offending creatures. <laughs> and sure enough, we have never gotten a reprint several years later of Reality Smasher or TKS. Reality Smasher foils, therefore, with this new, this fresh uh, interest driven by the Red Eldrazi deck, down to 18 listings on TCG Player. You can still get copies under $10, but that's not going to last very long. And the ramp is going to be Real quick to 20, 25, 30, because there is, there, there's nothing in between. You basically got those $10 and $11 copies, and once you get through 10 or 12 of those, you're going to be facing mid-20s and early 30s real quick. Now, it's funny, I see an ex-pro trader here with 53 foils posted at the high end at 35 bucks a piece. Um, so somebody's thinking ahead. The... <laughs> You could go the other way. You could say, well, you know what? Thought Not Seer has more uh, overall demand profile, and you would be right. 
But to get TKS foils, I think those are about $20 as opposed to about 10 So I think you snap off the Reality Smashers, and if you still like the TKS after you do that, then you could take a look at those as well. Um, there's a very good chance that before they resolve the master plot arc that's going on over the next year, year and a half, that the Eldrazi will show up. There's a chance that... Keep in mind that they imprisoned Emrakul in the Innistrad moon. It's going to be a little weird if we go through a whole fresh Innistrad block and Emrakul doesn't pop back out of that moon. It was implied in the narrative for Midnight Hunt that Teferi was on Innistrad doing some kind of weird ritual with a big device and it looked like they were screwing something up and my guess is that releases Emrakul. Now, that may not be true. But it will not be surprising to see more Eldrazi show up in the next couple of years, one way or the other. We're certainly going to get a return of Eldrazi. Um, when is a good question. It seems like you would be likely to find out that there's something going on here, given that we're back mm-hmm. on Innistrad and that's where Emrakul was left. The other two are dead. But... Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I wouldn't have had to release that story beat yet. That could come out with the vampires and zombies in the next Innistrad. They don't have to reveal that card, that that plan yet. Um, oh, side point. I forgot from the earlier conversation on the Savi Trium. There's a chance... Like, we know that Crimson Vow is about a wedding. We also know that it's Olivia Valderin who's getting married. The vampire queen on Innistrad. She's been blue... Uh, black red in the past i'm very curious whether her in a wedding dress makes her mardu they might do that to uh to give vampires another mardu commander since edgar markov has been so popular it's also just cute right because you just put her in a wedding dress and then she gets white yeah who's who's she marrying we don't know i yet. don't remember we don't know oh we don't know no. it's not edgar markov well, Edgar's dead. That's Soren's grandfather or whatever. Oh. Oh, wait, okay. wait, wait. Is he dead? I think there was something about his crypt being empty. So I don't know. Did vampires die? <laughs> yeah, they can be killed. Uh, I don't know if it was that... I'd have to go back and double check. I can't remember if Soren found his grandfather's crypt emptied or something. So it could be that they're bringing Edgar back. It could be that she's going to marry Soren. That's not really what matters here. What matters is if they give make her a mardu commander then savai triome is going to get bought up in spades if it's a good if yes. it's a good commander yeah uh and that's what i mean is that, that that's kind of my angle is hoping people play that all right play that so anyway um, reality smashers at nine dollars for foils very few left that is very cheap not a lot of supply very old printing i would agree that reprints are unlikely so the Eldrazi and Modern showing up again is certainly adding some additional pressure that hasn't been there in recent months. Um, and really, time is just going to be on your side here, I think. All right. What's your final selection? Oh, this is, uh, this is our selection, James. Our selection, which is uh, the Persist Old Border Foils. Um, I'm not talking about the bumper sticker on your Prius. No, that's per- Resist. Sorry. Persist is the uh, the Modern Horizons 2 reanimate that hits non-legendary creatures. We saw earlier hitting the Archon of Cruelty and that other angel. Um, but the numbers here are really good. 
so the old mortar foils, you can snag these right now for about four to five dollars, which is quite cheap. Uh, and there's about 50 vendors. Uh, nobody seems to have too many copies. I see somebody with nine, uh, all the way down in the nine dollar range. Uh, but even the first 50, all 50 vendors here on TCG Player, that's the most copies anyone has. So not that many out there. Um, and a very healthy foil movement. Um, something like, what is that? 10 to 15 foil, it's probably 10 foil copies in the last like four days on TCG Player. That's a lot of a sell through. So the, the resupply rate on that is nowhere near 10 copies a day. Um, I mean, frankly, if it's got it's got to be several a day because if it wasn't, this would be out of stock by the end of the week. But um, clearly some velocity on this card. The power level is quite high. We're already seeing it do well in modern this week. Archon of Cruelties disappeared, so the persists seem like a decent choice. Anyone playing Reanimator, you know, might be... I feel like as far as archetypes go, probably more inclined to old border cards because reanimator is such a, it feels like a, a old archetype. Um, but regardless, and you know, but regardless, this is going to be very popular in EDH, uh, 1800 ducks so far for, for a relatively new card, which is 2% of everything that's been released. I think this will be a, a, a permanent mid tier EDH card with, spurts of great modern play and at four or five bucks for these old border foils i think you're it's a home run they'll probably end up between 10 and 15 uh, later next year sometime the only thing worth pointing out here is that this is one of the weird mh2 cards that has a bunch of versions there's pack foil sketch showcase foil retro frame foil and retro foil etched of this card so there are a bunch of them out there, um, but I think we both agree the Old Border Foil... First of all, Old Border Foil Black is the best of the Old Border Foil. That's That that was the frame people wanted brought back, um, was the Black Old Border Foil, uh, more than almost anything else. The And here we have it back in hand, as you said, four or five bucks relatively unique card they don't print cards like this very often at all because you don't really want to have formats that have 12 reanimate effects available and yeah there's i don't know if this is going to be six months or 12 months or 18 to dry to drain out given the the multiple versions but obs will lead the charge on that and i don't think it's going to take take too long for those to dry up especially if the, the yep. modern deck needs four of them at a time Right, yeah, that you've got that too. Is that anyone buying these is, is probably after a playset. And the same is true of like Reality Smasher. The same is true of Reality Smasher and the Triomes, the Shatter Skull Smashing, Metallic Mimic. People are only buying one of Murktide Regent, probably a playset, maybe three. Um, but yeah, it's generally a, a card people are going to buy multiple of. Well, I think we've given the people plenty of solid options for the week. To wrap things up, we're going to do just a quick review of the Commander Collection Black, uh, taking a look at it and contrasting it with the Commander Collection Green from last year. This is the premium uh, Commander product that Wizards has started putting out. Um, they put out a non-foil version and a foil version. I think non the green uh, uh, edition last year this time, I think it came out in November 2020, was notable because it contained a couple of pretty big price tag cards. It had Sylvan Library, which currently goes for about 
40 to 45 dollars um and over 70 for the foils and worldly tutor uh, which I think is the first foil for Worldly Tutor, if I'm not mistaken, because it was a Mirage card, right? Yeah, and it's 6th edition, um, if I recall correctly, but also missed the EMA set with Mystical Tutor and Enlightened Tutor. Gotcha. If if I'm correct. And then Seedborn Muse was the third best card in, in it, with nice art. And then there was an Omnath, Locus of Mana, a really nice green Soul Ring, Freyalese, Land of War's Fury, Bane of Progress, and Command Tower. So market price on the non-foils currently is, looks like, 64. Something about like 95 to 100, depending on where, whose pricing you're looking at. And for the foils, you're looking at more like something like 240. For the foils, like the Worldly Tutor and the uh, Sylvan Library are both about 70 bucks a piece, so it's 140 just for those, and then another 30 for the Seedborn Muse and the Omnath gets you to 170. Um, yeah, it's about, it's about 240 250 dollars for the foils. And the interesting thing there is that we got we had a big two or three big group buys on the Commander Collection Green last year, um, where we were picking up regular copies at $62 US and premium at $145. TCG player pricing on those today is $95 on regular unopened and $190 for the premiums with just 17 listings left. And given that the singles in there are worth another $50 above the sealed, pretty solid indicator that those are going to end up being worth significantly more. I mean, if our people got in at $145 and un are able to exit near 250 within two years. That's pretty solid. That is, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good price point for the greens, yes. There was also exits from that group by within the first three months of release because prices were higher when people were first excited about the product. Um, but I think it moved slowly in Europe, and so a lot of the supply that kind of glutted the market for the last nine months or so was from other areas of the world where Commander is not as big of a deal. Um, so all of that brings us to, you know, what, what do we think of Commander Collection Black? It's got Ghoul Caller Gisa, Ophiomancer, uh, Phyrexian Arena, Reanimate, Toxic Deluge, Soul Ring, oh, another, another nice Soul Ring, uh, Command Tower, and Liliana Heretical Healer, and a Snake Token for the Ophiomancer. If I'm not mistaken, that is the first Snake Token for that card. Because um, it might be because a Fieldmancer was a commander deck release, correct? And I don't think it had a token. Yeah, I know. I don't. That was back. A Fieldmancer was originally Commander twenty thirteen, which was the first product. So I do not recall if they came with tokens yet at that point. So I guess my gut call here is this is a little worse than the green product. It doesn't have Worldly Tutor foils, and it doesn't have a Sylvan Library, which is obviously I, a big deal card. I just did a quick pass. The cheapest version of all of these right now puts you at about 90, 95 bucks. Sure. Which is surprising. I actually, I, I will admit, you know, when I first saw the deck list for this, I was just like, this is it. This is what they're giving us. Like, this is nothing here seems interesting to me. Um, I did not realize that Liliana Heretical Healer is a $20 card. That Gisa, Gisa is eight, which is more than I would, about what I would have guessed. Ophiomancer is 20. Phyrexian Arena is 15. That's about twice what I thought. 
um, but they reprint that all the time. Reanimates, 10 bucks. <laughs> Remember when this card was like a dollar. Toxic Deluge up is around 20, and then Command Tower and Soul Ring are, are free. Um, so the, the prices are a little better than I anticipated. You know, this is this supposed to be a premium product, right? Like it's a lower volume release. So the number of copies that are this is adding to the market is relatively insignificant, especially when you consider Reanimate, Toxic Deluge, Phyrexian Arena are all on their like at least fourth printing, possibly more. There've been quite a few of those. So another printing here isn't going to severely impact the supply. Um, well, it, I think it will uh, impact the supply, and especially since Toxic Deluge was in uh, Double Masters this time last year. Um, this is you know a year and a, like fourteen months past that printing. You're getting more Toxic Deluge. That, but 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 isn't Commander aren't the Commander collections like relatively low supply? The the premiums are relatively low. The uh, because I think they're limited to WPN premium stores. As long as that policy is still consistent, I think I think that's true. Um, uh, yeah, they, they confirmed it in the announcement on August 24th. All WPN stores will be able to order the regular version, and the premium edition will be exclusive to WPN premium stores. So I think I think the play here is still the foils. One of the reasons that's true is that uh, foil Phyrexian arenas is pretty cool, uh, and the art in that, and really across the board for for this release is quite good like there's no bad art here this is all very good so i would agree with you i think i do i do agree with you all of the art here is solid but after what is it a year or two of all of these wild printings and borders and what have you these are all just basic right like they're just normal border cards with decent art and I, I'm not sure how compelling that is anymore. Like, good art isn't enough to carry a card as a premium version these days. That's definitely a consideration. But something like an Ophiomancer who's never had a foil printing before and probably isn't going to get another one, say, two months from now, I think you're, you know, unless Wizards trips over themselves there, that card is the, the foil card version of that's probably going to be 40 or 50 bucks. The Phyrexian Arena foil will probably be 40 or 50 bucks. The Toxic Deluge and the Ghoul Collar Gisa and the Liliana will probably all be somewhere between 10 and 20. And then you've got a really nice looking Soul Ring for black decks. And, and having like Soul Rings that are themed to your deck should probably not be underestimated. I mean, this is a Soul Ring with a bunch of skulls beside it. And the the I, the set symbol is a skull. That's appealing if you're, if you're building a black deck and you're trying to theme things out. So... I put this at about 25 to 30% worse than Commander Collection Green just because it doesn't have a Sylvan Library anchor. I'm not rushing. I haven't rushed out to set up a group buy for this one because the prices weren't that compelling. I suspect what will happen is the same thing as last year where we'll have European vendors that will eventually dump these on us at a very compelling price. And if they can get it, get us something that is, you know, a price that's sexy enough you know, last year we paid 145 for the greens. Maybe we're supposed to be paying 100 to 120 for the premiums this time around. Well, and then I and then aiming to get out at 160 to 200 two years from now. I will tell you that the Phyrexian Arena. It looks like the cheapest foil copy. All the foil copies are 60 bucks. Yeah. So that's probably what you're going to be able to get for this copy. 
Um, a few Mansur Gisa, they don't have them. The cheapest, the Foil Hilalianos are like 35. Um, reanimates like 15 ish, 10, 10 bucks for the UMA foils, I think, 15 bucks. Um, Toxic Deluge, 20. So they're not, you know, the, the, uh, Frexian Arena at 60 already carries a lot of weight. If you're paying 100 for the sealed foil package, if you're paying 100 for the foil, foil sealed package any more than that i don't know Ophi- i mean ophia mancer at 20 right now means foils i mean that's probably 20 based on supply right like there's just not that many a few masters that has exactly one printing commander 2013 before most people knew what commander was so i can see ophia mancer normal prices just dropping to like four dollars um you know it's, it might be like a loyal retainer type situation so maybe the foil ends up at 20-ish bucks. I'd put it alongside Seedborn Muse from the Commander Collection Green, which is currently at $10 non-foil. That sounds about right. Mm, yeah. Wait, hold on. Where's my EDH rock tab? Seedborn Muse is at... Probably double the decks of a Theomancer. 42,000. Okay, a lot more. Ten <laughs> and times a few answers at 6,000. However, <laughs> you, the point you made earlier about Commander 2013 stands, right? Like a lot of players just don't have access to the card. Yeah. Right, so, so I think the non-foils are going to crater if their supply is significant because there's just no there's just so few copies of it out there today so that means the foil you know if the non-foils drop to five-ish bucks now the foils at 20 seem reasonable unless the foil commander collection black is like really rare but i mean i would assume it's roughly in line with the the green and what did you say the foil premium green is worth right now? there might be like a thousand premium stores to consider something like that maybe less than that and if it's just say there's 600 premium stores, the and they get 20 copies a piece, then you've got the market's absorbent, got to deal with 1,200 copies. That like sweet spot of anything sub 3,000 copies is pretty good place to be. Historically, we've made a lot of money on on cart magic cards that were printed below 5,000 copies globally. Hundred ninety dollars for the premium Commander Collection Green. Yeah, and we paid one forty-five. Yeah, I. It's like it's yeah, like I, it's like fine, right? Like it's it's gonna be like so many other of these premium sealed products that we've dealt with, like Mythic editions and so forth. Where yeah, you can make money, and there's usually a good exit early, and then you end up waiting later. And that that like move fast or prepare to wait is a pretty common theme in MTG finance, just generally. And, and I mean, gonna, I'll be honest. I don't see what angle I would want to take on this to make money. If if our group buys are 140 to 160 and I'm anticipating maybe the sealed product being worth 200, I mean, there's a profit there, but it's not, enough, well, yeah, but not good enough for me to make the effort. My point earlier, though, was I think we're going to get the blacks less than the greens. So if we paid 145 on green premiums, I would imagine we'll get blacks at 110 to 125 or something. Yeah, $100, and I'm willing to buy a couple. Any 110 is pushing it for me. Because, like, if it's one, if you go 120 to 170, yeah, you made 50 bucks, but, like, minus, I'm probably minus spending fees 10 in trouble. Yeah, and, like, 10 bucks to ship the damn things. Like, forget it. I have better things to do with my time and money. 
for what's technically, even though it's technically a profit. So the singles are probably not going to give you a really good window either. Um, especially because the ones where you'd be really interested, like the Ophiomancer might just end up getting more foil printings again a year or two later and never really have time to, to climb. Of course, the, the, uh, part of this is again about what's your position on TCG, right? If you're a direct seller and you can pre-sell some of this stuff at peak pricing and then and your supply came from a strong pro trader buy or you've got a connection with with a vendor or whatever then you can probably do just fine up front but are there going to be other things that are more exciting like triome foil showcases that will be surefire doubles probably yeah i i i agree with both of that i i think um you know, the direct sellers who are dealing in volume might be able to make this work. But I think for most everyone else, it's probably a pass. And like when this was when this was spoiled and I looked at it on Mythic Spoiler, I looked at the 10 cards and went, this is crap. This is just garbage. But I was I was surprised at how much worse it was than Commander Collection Green. Then as we were preparing for tonight's show, I was looking at the prices for these and I'm like, all right, these aren't terrible. Like these are all more expensive than I thought they were. Maybe I didn't, I need to give this another look and this is a better product than I thought. But the more we talk about the pricing and like the availability, I'm back to like, nah, there's just, there's essentially no reasonable angle here that I'm interested in. And I would just uh, tell most people they should just not bother unless they know more about this stuff than I do, which is going to be true for some of you. Um, the, I think we're, if anyone is really going to make it big here, it's going to be because they're going to be able to snag foil a few answers or something like that at like nine. And then they're going to buy them and sit on them and get lucky because Wizards doesn't reprint them for four years. So that might come to pass, but it's real hard to bank on that. Oh, yeah. If we're, if we're just talking about which singles to look at on release weekend, a few answer foils, Phyrexian Arena foils, the black themed soul ring. And I think the snake tokens, I wouldn't sleep on those. Those snake tokens, remember, a Fiamancer makes one every time, uh, every turn in the upkeep if they don't already have one. So <laughs> they, they tend to sack it over and over and over again. And they didn't have one before. So anybody who wants to play the card is going to buy it. If you look at, even if you only think 6,000 people on EDH Rec reported it, that means there's 20 or 25 or 30,000 people to play the card worldwide. That means 30,000 tokens are going to sell because <laughs> everybody that plays a Fiamancer will eventually want the correct token. Mm. Well, not everybody. Mm. E even if it's 10% of them, 3,000 tokens are going to move. Yeah, I, I, so you, so you used to be able to make money on tokens. Uh, the worm coil engine tokens for a long time were a sleeper hit that a lot of people had no idea, had no idea how much those were worth. Um, that has definitely been the case in the past. I think that's way less true today than it used to be. And I'm going to go be totally straightforward. I can't tell you the last time I checked prices on tokens, but there are some, there's, they're plentiful now, but aside from the tokens being plentiful, the ways in which people have tokens have grown because now there's all of these content creators and various, 
you know, artists and what have you that sell their own custom tokens. Um, and people have like little whiteboard cards and they write stuff on it. Like, I just think the way that people have started to use tokens has increased significantly, which reduces the utility of things like this. Um, and I'm looking over here on TCG player. I see there's seven, six other snake tokens out there right now. And they're all like, a, you know, 20 cents to a dollar roughly. So I, I, I'm counting on that snake token for nothing. Like I just, I don't, can't imagine who is going to care that much. Those are all green. Those Some, are all green snake tokens. You know how OCD yeah, but these like, people are. Eh, but so I'm not going to say there aren't going to be people out there out there like that. But like, are they going to they going to care to buy that many? So what, what do you what do you think the price? Just out of argument's sake, what do you think the price on the snake token will be like December first? Uh doesn't this release November? Oh, the so release of November, out. December first. dollar fifty okay. i put it more like three dollars so we'll see how it goes there's there's plenty of tokens that are still that are still worth money like the zombie warrior token the four four vigilance zombie warrior from war of the spark has been three dollars forever uh yeah I, so it's not it's not that like you can't have tokens worth any money at all and like three dollars is certainly not zero it's more like was there ever a time you were supposed to buy these and will anyone buy them from you i I, I don't know. Well, in this case, you get to package it with the Ephiomancer. Yeah. That's nice. Let me, like I, that, that's I, what I, I always did with Mythic Editions. I would sell the Planeswalker token with the Planeswalker and charge a little more. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, that. there's a small... I think there's a small difference there. I don't know. My, my takeaway here is that for the average listener, I think you mostly... It's not... There's some margins to be made on this product in a few spots. I think overall, it's just not worth the mental capacity. Just like leave the product alone and deal with other stuff. Yep, I think that's. There are definitely other opportunities that are better. I think this is. I put this at about thirty to fifty percent annual returns, um, depending on whether you're going. It's going to be less than that, but over a shorter period of time. If you get out early, if you wait longer, it probably looks like it's a year, year and a half for the stuff to drain out. Based on what we're seeing with the green, it is also worth noting that if they're going to keep doing these for five years. There will be people each time one gets released that go back and go, oh, this is the black. What was the one before that might be new to the game or new to collecting or new to upgrading decks since the last ones came out that are going to keep every year. They're going to get reminded to go back and check the older stuff, which could give some of the older pieces momentum, especially from a collector perspective. You know, someone like my dad, if he misses the green and he gets around the corner the next year and notices the black, he's going to go, oh, shit, there's a green and he's going to go back and buy them all. Uh, yes, I think that that is true to an extent. Um, I remember saying that about those flooded strands from the Nationals promos, but then again, they didn't print any more of those, right? But we also talked about how we got to the point where you basically could not, uh, completionists were screwed, right? Like, we, I remember we were talking about this, it was like last week or the week prior yeah, where... You can't, it can't be 100% completionist these days. No, so, so it's almost like... it. it it, it it seems like it's as close to breaking the will or and, and or at least the desire from people like your dad to even bother with that crap, especially if it was sealed product, which they know is just always going to kind of be there. I think what's important to people for people to remember about that trend line is that it's not an all or nothing proposition. It's not that my father has stopped buying magic product. It's that he stopped being dedicated to getting every single thing. He's still spending mm -hmm. tens of thousands a year on the game. He's just, he can't possibly keep up with every single last thing. 
So I think what happen, what actually happens is that the whales just choose themes that they like. Like they trick out their EDH decks or they decide they like all the black cards or they want to get all the sketch cards because they're crazy or whatever. Um, bottom line, Commander Collection Black, solid, not amazing. Leave it at that. Uh, speaking of those flooded strands that you mentioned, the uh, Nationals promos, 21 listings on TCG right now, lowest price is $81. And I've sold a few of those lately, and it looks like that ramp is going to get up pretty high. And those might actually be worth a look if you can get them any cheaper somewhere else. Um, because I just sold a Judge Foil Flooded Strand and a Judge Foil Polluted Delta. And I remember when I bit about $1,000 worth of those off at about $160, $180 trade-in at CK two years ago. Multiple people on Twitter and or Facebook told me I was crazy, said, oh, those never move. Nobody ever buys those, blah, blah, blah. But I had a feeling that Judge Foil fetches were probably going to get there sooner or later. And this morning overnight, I sold, let's see what the price was. I think my entry via credit was 180 on the polluted delta and 160 on the flooded strand and those were already double ups from whatever nonsense i sent into ck at the time and the flooded strand sold for 279 us and the polluted delta sold for 489 total order value including 15 dollars shipping 782 us almost a thousand dollars canadian did you just say you sold a Judge Foil Polluted Delta for $450? $489. Wait, one single Polluted Delta? Correct. What length? Was it, was it, it, it had to be English, wasn't Foil. it? Yeah. Though, well, okay, but on TCG Player, hold on, this says 220 Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Well, well okay, you shot way... Well, you got lucky then, because uh, you can get them for three fifty right now. There you go. Um... What did we pay for those slotted strands? I could not find the email. Forty bucks was was what I had on my uh, sales log from the couple of times I sold them recently. Okay, because I I, I I stumbled upon them looking for something else, and I'm like, what did we? Couldn't remember what we paid for. Well, and yeah, and even on TCG, those polluted deltas. Yes, there's somebody with four copies at three fifty that are setting an anchor currently. But once those sell, you got a three fifty, then a four hundred, then a four forty, right? So you're not that far off my price no no i mean i it sounds like the price has gone down a little bit i mean you sold it for the 450 like you you got you got what you wanted so it worked well, out but, really well i but just arguably you might i, I think these are future thousand dollar cards <sighs> is this this different than a guy's cradle it's a judge foil super high demand like you can argue that there are a lot more places to play a fetch than there are a cradle yeah but guy's cradle is cool <laughs> the fetches are ubiquitous they're the most important lands in um, magic. Yeah, but they're not cool. Okay. They're I, they're a thousand dollar order cool. So you can get okay, well apparently onslaught foil polluted deltas are three grand. There you go. Remember remember we talked about this a while back where I said, I bet you foil onslaught I bet you foil original foil fetches are gonna be a lot of money one day. Uh, and and then, and then we talked about how uh, Ravnica foil shocks, shocks are probably yeah. still underpriced. Well, you can get a blood so blood saint Meyer is seven hundred dollars, seven seventy five, then eleven hundred, and then and then there's a Cafferty has one at twenty one hundred, but it's German. 
so the bloodstained mire at twenty at seventy seven hundred and fifty dollars is probably a good pickup. Uh oh, you mean the onslaught? Judge, onslaught I, I have I have four patches. or five of the judge foil bloodstained mire as well, and they're down to four listings on TCG Player. Two at three thirty-five, one at four hundred, one at five hundred, one at eight hundred. Hmm. So I'm not in a huge rush to repost any of these at existing prices. Like I'll probably boost prices twenty percent and throw the net back in the water. Um, but yeah, I mean I would not underestimate strong versions of foil, important foil lands. <laughs> like what does the steam vents go for from Ravnica right now? Uh, Guild Pact, right? Not Ravnica. Something like that. Yeah. Which technically would matter because some of those were way less common than others. There's two copies left on TCG. 350 and 450. What stops that from being a $1,000 card once those dry up? Hmm. What stops anything from, from that? I mean, if you have... Uh... The hedge fund money, you could go through and just buy every single one of these stupid things for what? But you just 70, 70 grand and go through and clean up every fetch and shock. You just described the, the year foil. 2020. <laughs> yeah. In collectibles. So it was, who's that? Pakula? Pakula. You want to, I'm going to email you with a business opportunity. We're just going to clean up every old board, original foil printing of these good lands. And we're going to make, uh, we're going to triple our money. I can't see how it ends up hurting you, really. It's just not, the inventory is not very deep. I'm going to tweet him out. Uh, I'm not even going to DM it, him. I'm going to tweet it also him probably, and see how much bad press I get. It, it, also pro- <laughs> <laughs> it also probably means that Zendikar Expedition things like fetch lands that are currently at $200 with 13 listings left are probably future $500 cards. Um, I can see now. Oh, he's like right next to me. Um. If I don't manage to get that out of the cast, I apologize for the dog barking. <laughs> uh, I think the fox is wandering around outside. Um, the uh, the expeditions are a little different because we're talking, you know, you're talking about like the guild pack and onslaught originals, which are like obscenely low volume compared to anything else. And the ex- the expeditions are basically new school, and they'll get more. You know, as the years drag on, we'll get more and more new premium versions of those so like the expeditions will still just be the they'll be the original premium version but like still still a new premium version whereas the ravnica ones will be the true original seems like there's some distinction there i'm just looking at how often the the expeditions of steam vent sell also worth flagging they didn't show up in the znr expeditions right they didn't give us no. didn't give us the uh, shocks there because they'd already given us the secret layer drop uh, with the shocks. The you get you basically sell these one every few days or so near mint around 200. So at that pace versus what I would imagine the restock rate is, it's not going to take very long for these to get pushed up into the 300, the 400, the 500 dollar range. And I think the argument could be made that this, you know, this vendor that's got eight copies at 190 Send them a message and offer one seventy five a piece. Might be worth your time. I'm gonna message. Cool. We're gonna get a deal going. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much it for this this fine evening. Where can people find you online, Travis? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wizard Bump and B U M P I N. And if any one of you suckers does this with Pakula, I want a damn ten percent finder's fee. 
Uh, How about you? You guys can find me on Twitter at MTG Critic as well as via occasional articles on MGPrice.com and my constant haunting of the Pro Trader Discord. Also, like to remind our listeners to check out the MTGPrice.com Pro Trader service for just $9.99 a month or $109.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast, fantastic articles by the best MTG finance minds in the business, and a super active Discord forum that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering. Once again, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool stuff in stock, including the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5 during checkout at CoolStuffInc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. That is uh, episode 290 in the books. We are not terribly far off from doing our 300th episode. 10 more Yeah, before the end of the year uh yeah geez one would think we should do something about that cool for that maybe a big giveaway Mm, prizes we should do i don't know what we should i've had a i've had a very good year in mtg finance so i I can cough up some prizing prizes yes all of you should send me prizes (laughs) for for having done this congratulations (laughs) yeah uh Uh, all right i will see you next week thank you travis we'll see you all next week on another episode of mtg fast finance Thank you.